All right, we're starting a new series this morning. It's called Fully Alive. Who's feeling fully alive this morning? It's like, it's Sunday morning. No one's feeling fully alive. Isn't it? Like, it's, but it's, it's kind, of a, kind of a bold title. Um, so just some people don't feel even a little bit alive until I've had a coffee. So that's why we have coffee on before church, if you didn't know that. So you're very welcome to come along a bit earlier, grab a coffee uh, on Sundays. Um, but have you ever had an experience that makes you feel fully alive? Uh, I'm reading this book currently. Just started reading a book. I might actually just kick my jandals off. Is that all right? You won't. It's all right. It's just like um, called uh, and live rejoicing. It's by a guy called Huston Smith, and uh, he's a guy. He's one of you know interesting guy but this was he's written this book and it's part of his life journey it's called and live rejoicing chapters from a charmed life personal encounters with spiritual mavericks remarkable seekers and the world's great religious leaders and um he actually he passed away just 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 about a year ago at age 97 so um so not fully alive at the moment but he the life that he lived he was very fully alive i mean listen to this this is some editorials about his his book When I think of Huston Smith, the word radiance comes to mind, and that generous radiance shines through this extraordinary book, a tribute to his delight and the joy at the heart of things. He has had a reverence for and a delight in everyone he has met. And this is from the Dean of Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. I'm just like, wow, it sounds like a guy is fully alive. Someone else said this about Huston Smith. Sometimes Huston Smith becomes as spontaneous and radiant as the effable beauty he talks about, a clean wind of truth blows through his presence. He always makes me feel more alive. He knows and lives and loves whereof he speaks. And I'm reading his book and it's just like, it's about, it sounds like a guy that's like somehow is tapped into like being fully alive. And uh, so we're kicking into this new series today. I mean, I know it's a bold title. It's a bold title. And uh, you know, what does it even mean to be fully alive? And even if you can work out what it means, can we actually step into being fully alive. And this is great um, scripture in uh, Habakkuk, in the Old Testament, and uh, read it from the message, it says this, Look at that man, bloated by self-importance, full of himself, but soul empty. But the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive, really alive. And uh, I know that for me, I've had times when I've felt soul empty and I've had times when I've felt fully alive. And you may be here this morning, you may be feeling more sort of soul empty or you may be feeling more towards being alive. And, but we're just going to uh, explore this over the next um, the time of the series. And my goal is for, for me, for all of us, is that we, we step into things that's going to lead us towards life, lead us towards real life. And uh, more spiritually alive, more you know, emotionally alive, relationally alive, just more alive. How's that sound? Sound good. All right, I'm going to pray as we, as we kick off, just invite the Lord's presence here. So God, we're just, we're just so grateful. We're so grateful that we have breath, God, that, that you have chosen for us to, to live. God, and, we, and we're just so grateful for that. And life sure is a, a, a wild ride, God, of ups and downs, but, uh, but there is 
There is truth. There is real life that we can find and step into, God. And we're so grateful for, for the opportunity to, to learn and to grow in this time. And we just pray, God, that you would open our hearts to what you would speak to us. God, over the course of this, this series, too, that, that those things, that there, that there would be maybe two, or one or two or three things that you would speak to us and just plant in our hearts that would, and we would say yes and step forward towards those and, and enter more into the fullness of life, God. We pray. We pray for your presence here this morning, God. I pray that you would, you would use my words, God, to bring, uh, to bring hope, to bring life and, uh, and courage and joy into people this morning. Amen. All right. So like for me, I know that there's been times when I've felt more fully alive than others. I can remember when I first fell in love with my wife, Jacinda. It's like, wow, I felt fully alive then. Like the flowers were brighter, the angels were singing. And... um, because I'm a, you know, love the Bible, and it said that it's better to marry than to burn with passion. We got married, so that's uh, that happened. It really does say that in the Bible. So, and uh, but like, I I feel more alive when I go spearfishing, and I know a lot of people think that when you go spear, like, let me just tell you what it's like when you go spearfishing. It's like you shoot a fish, and then the shark comes in, and then you've got to go down, and you've got to beat the shark up and scare him off, and. It's all of that. You dive down to about 100 feet just on a snorkel. You just sit on the bottom holding your breath for three or four minutes until, it, and then you shoot, and then a shark, and then you've got to beat the shark. It's not like that at all. So, but uh, um, some fish, some fish swim up to you and they turn side on and they go, how about here? You know, you know John Dory's got that little spot there. So, like, how about here? Like, if you get, uh, I know you probably, John Dory's a beautiful fish to catch, but they're, they're funny. Like, you know, you, you see them and then they know that you're there and they sort of turn to face on you. They're quite a skinny fish. And uh, so they turn straight on and you're trying to get around the side and it just turns. And, but the thing with John Dory is if you get down close enough and they don't see you and then all of a sudden they see you, they just like stop everything and they just, they're kind of like, I hope he doesn't see me. Seriously, you can, <laughs> you can go right, you can catch them with your hands if you get, if you sneak up on them. So, so. But I love, I love just being out in the water. I just love that. It just, um, it's just good for my soul. When, when I spend time with God, like an extended time of God, and, and like it might be you know, going for a big walk or I might put aside like half a day and just trying to talk to God about things. And sure, I get distracted as I'm praying. And, but like I come away when I spend a, a, a length of time with God. I come away and somehow there's just more joy. There's more love. There's more peace. You know, I've got wisdom about certain things, and, and it's just, you know, just, I just feel more alive. Um, another thing that was interesting that I've, it surprised me was that, you know, a little while back um, when my dog died, and, uh, you know, you fall in love with your pets, don't you? And, like, in the midst of the grief of, of you know, and the tears, and we're all, you know, the dogs died, and... But there's something about when the emotions are there and roar and and it's just you just seem you feel more alive. It's just a, so it's not always the um, yeah it's not always what you expect. And Jesus said this in in John ten ten. He was again teaching his followers. He says this: I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So there's this spiritual dynamic that comes from following Jesus that leads to a fuller life. 
leads to a fuller life. And this is possible for each of us. But then, you know, when we look at our life and we're thinking, like, how come my life isn't feel as full as it, as it should? How come I don't seem to have this life to the full that Jesus promised? And, uh, and we've got to draw the conclusion that it just doesn't happen automatically. It's not just like, Jesus, I want to follow you. And he goes like, right, here you go, full life. No, he invites us into things that lead us into a full life. And what that means is that we have to make choices. We have to take actions. We have to make decisions. We need to, to do things and put some things in place in our lives that will lead us into being fully alive, into a more full life. And that's, those are the things that we're going to be exploring over this series, just some of these things that are going to lead us into a fuller life. But we have to make choices. We have to, as we've discovered these things, we have to go, oh, I have to choose that. I have to grab a hold of this. I have to change maybe some of the way that I do things. I have to let go of this. I have to grab a hold of this. We have to be uh, intentional. And, uh, you know, we have the wisdom of the scriptures to guide us. We've got people like my new friend, Huston Smith, to, uh, to inspire us. And, uh, and we've got our church here where we can call each other forward into being fully alive. But we have to cho- make choices. And that's what this morning is not so much me giving you, here's a bunch of things that will lead you to being more fully alive. This morning is a challenge to you that as we go through this series, are you going to be intentional? Are you going to grab a hold of some of these things as, as we talk about them? Because my expectation is there'll just be one or two or three things as we go through this series that you'll go like, oh, that is, that's it. That's it for me for now. That is the thing. And, but the key is not just having that epiphany, the key is then going, I'm going to step into that. I'm going to grab a hold of that and I'm going to, I'm going to make choices, make decisions and make actions that are going to um, step into that. We have to choose to step into a full life. Anyone read an art? Any, the thing with, thing with summertime and uh, more space in the day is that we often drift into different articles and, you know, uh, that on different things on Facebook or social media or on the paper or whatever. And, and like, my guess is that lots of you probably will have read an article somewhere along the summer um, about health, about health. Articles that will say, basically they just say, do more exercise, <laughs> eat less of that, eat more of that, um, don't eat this food, eat that food. And I'll tell you, you start reading too many of those, it just makes you want to give up reading. <laughs> but it's just, it's, um, but you've got, to, you've got to be intentional, don't you? Just reading the articles doesn't make you healthier. So it takes effort to step into something. Well, you know, Jesus was very intentional. This whole thing about being intentional with our life, Jesus was really intentional. There's this, there's this great story that's recorded in the Gospel of Mark. And uh, Jesus is, uh, was up in uh, Capernaum, which is one of the, the towns on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And it talks about he was there and he was teaching and he was, 
He was healing people. He was casting out demons. And it says the whole town was there to see him. The whole town was there to see him. So like, you know, and Mr. Popular, he's, it's all going like it's... And so, and then we read, it'll probably go up on the screen there, Mark 1.35. So very early in the morning, so this is the day after this, this big day when the whole town came to see him. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Like, hey, Jesus, everyone loves you. Everyone's looking for you. Let's, let's plant a church. Let's plant a mega church right here in Capernaum. It's like, come on, we've got to get back there and give them the love. And Jesus said, no. Jesus replied, no, let's go somewhere else, to the nearby village, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. He knew what he was about. He was intentional. Paul the Apostle was very intentional. And as he, well, you can't help but read the letters in the New Testament of the Bible where that he wrote to the different churches. And he's always calling people to be intentional as they step into this life of, of faith in Jesus. And he was very intentional himself. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to be a shadow boxer than to be a real boxer. I can, you know, no pain. It's like, um, but shadow boxing, it's just like, it's just like dreaming about playing your favorite sport. You know, just let me just paint a picture for you. Just hold off with the picture, right? Just hold off until I... So, picture this. It's the Eden Park, the home of Orkney and New Zealand rugby. It's the final of Super Rugby, and it's the Blues versus Crusaders. I know, it's hard to picture. It's hard to picture. I know. I know. Um, so, it's the last play of the game. The Blues are behind by four points. But the Blues are hot on attack. Ball comes out of the, the rock. The halfback passes it out to Stephen Pettifetta, the first five. And what's that out on the wing? It's, it's Matt Lilly, the pastor, out on the wing, <laughs> calling for the, the crossfield kick. Come on. Stephen Pettifetta sees his clear, kicks the ball crossfield. And Matt Lilly, the pastor. Runs, jumps, no, he soars over the top of Israel Dag. Grabs the ball, falls over the line, scores. There's a picture. And like pictures don't lie. This this could this did that really happen? You probably did that really happen? I'm look at that picture. Um Sonny Bill Williams carrying me on his shoulders. I don't know which is the bigger fantasy. Matt Lilly scoring a try for the Blues, or that the Blues are even in the final, but uh, um, maybe this year. But, you know, we don't want to be shadow boxers. We don't want to be just dreaming about playing. You know, we, we want to be intentional with our lives and it's without being intentional. It's like Paul's saying, we're just shadow boxes. We're just shadow boxes. 
we dream about a full life, we dream about being fully alive, but we never make decisions that take us towards it. Yeah, I just love that um, that Steph's getting baptised today, like because you know I just sort of heard that she's been thinking about it for a while, but then she's made the decision. She's made the decision to get baptised, and like I just there's there's such a spiritual dynamic that kicks in when people get baptised. I've sort of my own life. I see it over and over again. So I'm just super super excited about uh, about today. And anyone anytime anyone gets uh, baptised is. There's just a, there's something about that where God just releases blessing into people's lives, and um, and you know, just can I say that for you, there, any of you out there, that may be your next step in your journey of faith with God, and uh, love to talk more about that if you like to know what that whole thing is about being baptized. So, so as I said, my expectation over this series is that there's going to be two or three things that God's going to just stir in your heart. And that's all we're asking that you just grab a hold of those things and go and like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to make some decisions here. And uh, and if you ask God to speak to you, he will speak. He will. And you'll just you'll just get this strong sense in your heart that like I'm meant to step into this. You know, it might be I need to be be more spiritually alive. I need to find ways of like becoming you know f- fueling the flame of my faith, or you know, or I need to see life come back into this relationship that is somehow just um, just gone. I need to make changes, maybe that can help me um, love myself more, love myself more the way that God loves me, and come alive that way. But you know, one of the best ways to be uh, intentional about things. Is to is to set goals. It's to set goals, and uh, and with without setting goals, without setting things to aim for, can kind of be like being on a rocking horse. You know, a rocking horse, hey, like lots of activity, hey, just like <laughs> lots of things happening, but you're not going anywhere. You're just not going anywhere. But goals can help us to get somewhere, and help us to go somewhere. Now, I know that you guys like hearing stories about miracles. But let me tell you about a miracle. Jacinda, my wife, is exercising. I praise the Lord. um, She's planning on doing a couple of big hikes this year, and she's thinking, like, I'm going to have to get fit. I'm going to have to do some exercise. And uh, she's got this goal. And it's keeping her motivated. She just came to me. She just said, I've been doing it for six weeks. Like, like that's a miracle. <laughs> but, uh, but having goals helps keep us going. You know, the interesting thing with Paul the Apostle, when we read through the, the Scriptures, and he's talking about the Christian life, and he uses, he uses the descriptor to describe the Christian life as a walk. 32 times. 32 times he talks about it as being a walk. And you know the thing with a walk? It starts, you start a walk, and then it's just left foot, right foot, one step at a time. Each step, you're not really going that far each step. You walk for a while and you go, hey, I've gone a while. I've got somewhere. 
just walking, walking towards the goal. And the journey of faith is like that. It is like a walk. Every now and then, it's like you have a bit of a jump and you go like, wow, just that, just like Easter camp for our young people. They just come back and they're like, oh, just like, just like have incredible experiences with God and it feels like they'll be propelled forward. But most of the time, it's just, it's, it's a walk. I wish it was like sometimes that God would speed things up a little bit with some areas of my own life or some of the things I've been praying for. But it's mostly, it's just a walk. But I tell you, I tell you, God does bring change. So I'm just saying this as we sort of start to set, you know, look at thinking about maybe I should set a goal that's about one thing over this series. It's just to be thinking that it's okay just to be walking towards that goal. Don't have to like get stressed out when you think, you look back over a week and you think oh, I haven't come very far, because like I tell you, you look back over two months and you'll have gone, you'll have done well. And for those of you that have been uh, following God, have been a Christian for any length of time, God will have done a lot in your life. You will be able to look back and see where you've come from, because that's the way that that the journey of faith works. God does bring change. You absolutely will have changed. And I get, I get, I get this every now and then when someone says to me, I, I can't believe that person's a Christian. They say they're a Christian. And um, something, you know, may have happened. And I always, my response is always like, well, just imagine what they'd be like without God. And I, <laughs> I seriously, like, and I'm... <laughs> Remember when um, I was having a, I, there's a particular season in my life where I just felt so inspired to, by a couple of you know, great prayer preachers and to, uh, to really step into a, um, a, a, another place, another level in terms of my prayer life with God. And, and, uh, it was, and then this was when we were overseas and then a friend of ours came over and, uh, and joined us, hadn't seen him for two years and he just said to me, he said, man, you've changed. And you don't notice it day by day, but, you know, change. It's good. I said, is that good change? Yeah, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) So you may want to have some, you may want to set some goals about coming spiritually alive. You might think about, like, what can I do? And and, just be thinking about that whole thing of a walk. Don't be thinking, like, I'm going to start praying for two hours every day. Two hours every day. And I'm going to go to the places where the Old Testament of the Bible was written and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to read the Bible and ancient Hebrew and I'm just, you know, let's just, let's just be thinking about things that are, that are realistic. I was talking to one of our, our church folks just um, over the last um, little while and, and going through a, a bit of a challenging time and, and I just said, you know, what, what I would love you to 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 do, to step into, and it's up to you, but um, I said, I don't know how much, you know, time that you spend connecting with God, um, you know, it may be a lot, it may be not that much, but, but what I would really encourage you to do is just, as you, before you start your day, before you head off to work, is just grab five minutes and just give your day to God, just connect with God, and then at lunchtime, just, you know, you've eaten your sandwich and just pop out for a walk and just spend five minutes just 
connecting with God. And then at the end of the day, just uh, after dinner or whatever, when the kids are in bed, just, um, just again, just grab somewhere quiet and just five minutes, just connect with God. I tell you, if you did that every day, it would change your life. It would change your life. And, um, and it has been. Goals help us. And I know that it's a lot easier to, to set goals than it is to fulfill them, eh? It's like, it's, um, um, and, you know, like, maybe that New Year's resolutions and you've, like, made some decisions, I'm just going to, like, not eat so much sugar or whatever, and then the nice lady at church comes around afterwards with some ginger slice, and it's like, I like ginger slice. It's, uh, uh, but goals are hard to, hard to, hang in there. I mean, some people make goals. Some, a lot of people join the gym in January. And like sometimes I just think that, you know, like what we should probably do is just drive up to gym and just give them $500 as a gift and then just drive away again. And it's like, because like most, most people don't hang in there when they subscribe to a gym. So how can we follow through? I'm going to give you three things that will possibly help you as we're thinking about setting goals uh, that will help you uh, to hang in there you know, with these things. And these are things that the Apostle Paul, when he was encouraging the churches, that he was um, saying, he said lots of things to encourage people to hang in and, and uh, there. But, but these are some three things I thought would be helpful for us this morning. And the first one is that we, uh, we need coaches. We need coaches. And he wrote to the church in Ephesus, and he said this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, a lot of people think that Church life and the Christian life is about being up in the stands and just watching the pastor. You know, go pastor, go pastor, you know, run pastor, run. Catch the ball, pastor. And it's like, ah, you dropped the ball, you, you suck, pastor. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a pastor who can catch the ball. The apostle, what the apostle Paul is saying, no. You know, the pastors and leaders of the church, they're here to, to, to be running along the sideline of the game that you're playing and going, go, go, you can do this. You can do this. You're doing so well. Let me, let me, help, let me help you. Let me give you a little bit of coaching here. Let me, let me just cheer you on. You know, God loves you so much. He's with you. He's for you. So we need coaches. And this is why, I know that for many of you, you go, yeah, that, yes, that's why I come to church. Because there's you know, a number of people here that will get up and they'll, they'll be encouraging and dropping words of wisdom and, and speaking things they feel like God has put on their hearts for, for each of us. And we grab a hold of those things and we take them into our day and our week and into our, our jobs and our homes and our uh, communities. 
This is why we do this. This is why we have life groups. Again, it's just just to be going along somewhere where people go, yeah, let's do this together. You know, you're doing well. Let's let's keep at it. You know, we all need a coach. We need someone who's calling us forward. And um, you know, I I go looking for people that can that can help me. I got you know, there's a guy that in the states that I call. He's, he helps me around things with you know church leadership, and I've got a um, a guy that in Canada and we talk to him about things around theology and, and understanding things. I've got a, I've got a personal trainer. You might think, look at me and you go like, really? You've got a it's like, he can't be very good, you know? You're like, you're like, just, and he's supposed to like give you muscles or what, what, what's he doing? Um, but that is actually helping me. Um, I've got, um, I go to see a spiritual director um, regularly that just helps me in terms of my journey with God and. Um, but we need coaches, and coaches will help us as we make set goals and we step towards the things that give us life. Second thing that, uh, you know, again, Paul the Apostle talking to the church in Ephesus says this in Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The church builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There's something about the dynamic of community that is so, so helpful for us. And we all have our little bit to do. So you may be here and you say, like, well, I'm just a new Christian. Like, what, what can I do? And it's like, well, Paul's saying we need you. You've got a part to play. Oh, but but like, what about me? I'm really struggling with this thing, and it's like it's. I just keep sort of stumbling, and I just feel so bad about myself. Surely I haven't got a, play, a part to play. I says, well, Paul's saying, yeah, you've got a part to play. Yeah, you you're a valuable part of the community. No, oh, what about me? I'm you know I'm shy, and yeah, we need you. Isn't isn't exercise so much better when you've got a buddy? Still not great, but it's better. Hey, it's like, and uh, you know, it's interesting that uh, you know the Weight Watchers. That started off in the 60s in the states because it was actually a bunch of women that were like going like, we want to lose weight, but like we, we just can't seem to keep at it. And they came up with this idea: maybe if we get together and we encourage each other, then. Um, it, it may work, and that's what happened. And Weight Watchers got formed, similar with. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like, you know, instead of just feeling sorry for yourself about your addiction, they just, well, let's, let's get together. And like maybe together we can hold each other accountable and, and, you know, and, and pick each other up when we, when we stumble. And it's, just, um, it's just better together. This is, why, this is why sports teams, they talk about this home advantage. There's an advantage when you play at your home ground instead of an away game. It's because in your home ground, the crowd's cheering for you. I mean, it doesn't make much difference if you're the Blues because they, they suck at home and they suck when they're away. Um, but maybe this is our year. This is, if, sorry, it's like if you're a rugby this is the best time of the year to be a Blues supporter because we've purged our memory of last year and because the season hasn't started this year, we haven't lost a game yet this year. So this is, this is a really nice time of the year to be a blues supporter. So I love my blues. Uh, 
Well, that's a whole other thing, isn't it? <laughs> so, but Jesus said, you know, we're, this whole thing of community, he said, where two or three are gathered, gather in my name, there I am with you. There's something, there's a spiritual dynamic that kicks in when people are together as opposed to alone. And he's with them. There's something that he, he adds to that that is a good thing. And that's why life groups are so good. That's why life groups are so good. And uh, I know that a few of you come along to life groups, and, um, but it's a, just a place where, where people, you know, we can cheer each other on. Home, home team advantage. And, uh, I mean, our goal is to have a, a, a life group in, in every suburb in the whole of the uh, Hibiscus Coast. And, um, and we would love you to do some kind of a group. And like, you can't think, well, I don't know anything about that. I say, here's, here's the deal with life groups. It's like, you just, do you have a heart for people? And do you have a place you could meet? Like, either it's your place or your flat or maybe a cafe or just anywhere. Um, and, you know, can you maybe just give people a snack? And, and then we could, you know, we've got so many resources like video things, some wonderful things on YouTube that we could just... Just play some of those things, and then you can just chat and just grow together. I know that some of you can. You think I could do that? You can do that. We'd love you to do that. So we need community. Community is so helpful for us as we step towards these things. And because with with life groups, you know, you I know when you first go, it's a bit scary. You knock on the door, and you're like, "Oh, you're the neighbour." Sorry, then <laughs> you. And you have to knock on the, you know, because you're not quite sure if it's the right house or not. And, and then you go in and, you know, not quite sure what to expect. But they go, oh, these are nice people. This is, this is good. And then, like, after two or three weeks, you're friends. And then with friends, you can say, like, hey, this is one of my goals. I want to, I want, I want to do this this year. Would you, would you help cheer me on? And your new friends would go, we'd love to. Community is good. And just finish on this, the third thing that uh, is so, so helpful for us as we look at getting to our goals is that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4 verse 6 says this, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You know, if we've got things that we're wanting to, to step into, and it takes a bit of effort, or we want to, there's things that we want to let go of, and it takes a little bit of effort. Um, it can be challenging. It can be challenging to create new rhythms of life or new habits, or um, you know that kind of the way that the brain works. And we won't go into a whole big you know thing here, but the things you've been doing because you've been doing them, the brain goes there easily because of the wiring in your brain, and so. To do something differently means you've got to like, your brain's got to go over here. So it can be challenging. And, you know, we also have an enemy of our souls that, uh, you know, there is genuine spiritual opposition in life. There are the forces, the dark forces, evil forces, you know, Satan and demonic forces are very real people. I'll tell you that. And and they work in opposition to the things of of God, the things of light and love. And... uh, you know, and so we'll get that. Don't ask me how this works, but we get things dropped into our, into our thinking. Things that will be like, you know, you're, 
you're never going to be any good. Uh, you're never going to be able to break out of this thing. You're never going to change. You're always going to be depressed. You're never going to find your life partner. The lies. Galatians, this is Paul again talking to another church. Galatians 5.16, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. John 6.63, Jesus says, The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. That sounds like fully alive, eh? 2 Corinthians 3, 6, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Okay, so that sounds good, but like, what, how does that work? Well, I'm just telling you that as as People, the people of God, as people that have chosen to follow God, when you do that, He, the Spirit comes and, and is a part of you, dwells within you. There's a spiritual life that comes. And it's like the, the Spirit of God brings life to your spirit. And the Spirit of God is real and active and powerful. And just inviting the Holy Spirit Again, to almost to cheer you on, inviting the Spirit. You know, would you add your peace to my peace? Would you add your wisdom to my wisdom? Would you add your joy to my joy? Would you give me courage where I don't have courage? Make that your prayer, and watch, watch your life transform as the Spirit of God works with your efforts to bring change towards a full life.